sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast Next on Environmental as Anything, we are very pleased to be able to present an interview by Meg Nilsson from Celebrating Earth and Art. We are very fortunate because we have Dr Wayne Somerville joining us in the studio and uh, he's going to be talking with us about the art of living in a dangerous world, what the psychology of trauma can tell us about how we can best manage risk and stress and stay safe and, and sane in scary times. So himself, a, a, an absolute inspiration, Wayne Somerville is passionate about inspiring others. He's a, cr- a clinical psychologist and trauma specialist, bush regenerator, horseman, author and activist, and a prominent voice in the campaign to protect communities from invasive gas fields. So... I can only say welcome, Wayne. Oh, good morning, Meg. <laughs> good morning, uh, good morning, listeners. It's wonderful to have you in the studio. Thank you so much. No, it's great to be back again. Yeah, yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, sadly, uh, too much to talk about. It's really? um, getting on. I, I guess many of us, as this um, hot weather arrives, uh, almost flash back to last year. It was oh, yeah. about this time last year that the whole fire season started up, and yeah. you know we were pretty much in the grips of drought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel nervous, doesn't it? I mean, it makes me feel nervous, so I'm I, sure... I think it makes yeah. lots of people feel yeah. nervous, and this is um, what I wanted to talk about today. Wonderful. Um, about the way the world seems to be coming more dangerous. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, just over this last year, uh, this time last year, we were grappling with drought uh, out our way. Our creek had dried up, the Iron Pot Creek had gone. Mm. Uh, the weather was becoming hotter and uh, then, of course, the firestorm started, mm. first locally mm. and then it spread. It seemed to just spring up all down the eastern seaboard yeah. and we had that extraordinary summer of uh, fire catastrophe which which then um, kind of got replaced by a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And the psychological implications of this past year are, are quite, quite substantial and... Uh, my heart goes out to the people who would still be dealing with the traumas that they experienced during both the drought yeah. and the firestorms. Yeah. And in a way, the COVID pandemic has made things so much worse for them yeah. because they were never given the time to properly work through their losses, yeah. to really um, get themselves back on their feet. Mm, and catch their breath. Catch their breath. It's yeah. as, as if the world's just delivering... Uh, yeah. One punch after another. A hundred-year drought gets um, mm. superseded by the worst firestorms we've ever seen, in, yeah. possibly in history. And now the first, uh, the biggest pandemic in a hundred years. And the situation where the government is in denial about all these things and yeah. the solutions for all these things. That's right. And, and this is a crucial part of the psychology of living in a dangerous time. I can well imagine. Because we are surely living in a dangerous time. Yeah. Uh, you would hope that in a life of 70, 80 years, you mightn't even see a 100-year drought. No. 
You would hope mm. that in a normal lifetime you would not see firestorms that see Australians having to be evacuated by mm. the Navy from beaches. Mm. Mm. And you would hope to yeah. never have to go through the horrors that we're going through with the COVID virus. Yeah. But we are, and I think we're in a particularly dangerous time. And all of these dangers really come together. And I think it's it's all tied into the story that um, you were discussing earlier about the gas. Yeah. It's all tied into the way we use our planet, Mm. what we're doing with energy, the way we're polluting the environment, the loss of um, the loss of biology, the loss of our ecosystems. It's it's happening at many many levels. So, as a trauma psychologist, my my clinical work was very much with helping people who were who were stuck by the trauma, um, people who were suffering what's known as post traumatic stress disorder, Uh and there. There's a particular knowledge that we have about how to help those folks, um, you know, sort of get moving again, get on top of what they've been through. But now we're also facing a unique situation in terms of risk. And these are the traumas that are yet to come. And the way the world is, these traumas are becoming quite predictable. We can't exactly say what the next one will be. I mean, who would hazard a guess what the next six months is going to bring? Yeah. But we can make a prediction that the chance of genuinely traumatic events is pretty good. So what do I mean by trauma? Um, A trauma is an emotionally disturbing event in which uh, your health or your life or the health or life of a friend or family or something that you care deeply about, something that you love, Mm. is threatened. Right, right. Now, if that's the definition of a trauma, I think our community has been through a whole series of traumas this past 12 months. Yes, yep. And following hard on the heels of the threat of the gas industry coming in and taking over our our homes and our farms, um, what was that, five, six years ago? Five or six years ago. And that is still a current threat being faced by the poor people out Narrabri Way. Indeed. And also with these expanding uh, plans to develop the gas industry across really all of Australia. Yeah. In my heart, I I believe that the Northern Rivers might be safe from that threat in the future due to what we've been through and what we've learned. But still, there will be rare earth mining operations, Mm. there will be other industrial operations that we haven't even thought of yet that will come along to threaten this community. One of the striking things about good psychological health during times of great danger is that we can't rely on the kind of what I would say, um, it's almost the bury your head in the sand approach. Mm -hmm. We can get through life normally with comfortable delusions that bad things aren't going to happen to us, that things will generally work out okay. But what happens in a time of genuine danger, that attitude becomes a real risk and it makes things much worse. So with um, we've seen a brilliant example of this sort of faulty thinking from our Prime Minister of late. Traditionally, risk management theory said that we should consider the worst case scenario and prepare for it. And if we've got in our mind a way to deal with the worst case, then whatever comes our way, we will be better prepared to deal with it. Mm, mm. Well, there's been an undermining of that mature look danger in the face approach Indeed. by our politicians. Yeah. And what they've 
what they've done to respond to the climate crisis is that they've said, no, 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 that's climate alarmism. Mm. What they're saying is that, oh, talking about the worst case is alarmist. Scott Morrison even accused Daniel Andrews the other day of looking at the worst case the worst case possibility with COVID. Oh, dear. Now, this is very shallow thinking yeah. because the worst case says, oh, no, um, I'm going to have a simple thought. It'll be all right. Mm. The world mm. is not going to, to blow up. That's just, oh, the climate's not going, um, you know, it's not going to hell. Mm. That's alarmist. Well, that sort of simple thinking has to be, has to be defeated. It has to be pointed out. It has to be understood. The prime example of it, it's a one-thought solution. I was going to say that. It's that, a one-thought solution. Now, this is a yeah. pattern that people use in normal life yeah. to solve complex issues very, very quickly and easily. And it goes like this. I have a complex problem. I'll have one thought. And that one thought will have a bit of truth to it. Mm. And that truthfulness will give me a warm feeling on the inside. And that's going to substitute for genuine thought. And then I won't have to worry about it anymore. No. Hence, mm. Scott Morrison, when mm. he's pulled up on his holiday in Hawaii while mm. Australia is burning, says, um, I don't man a hose. Mm. Yes. Well, there's his one Appalling. thought. That's his one thought. Yeah. Yep. And it's true. He yeah. doesn't know how to man a hose. No. But if, no. he had, if he had had a second, third, fourth or a hundred thought, it might have been, what could the Prime Minister of Australia do to mm. help in mm. such a dangerous time? It was the one-thought solution, I guess, that caused Scott Morrison not to talk to the fire chiefs before the fire Ooh, season when they yes. wanted to lay out the worst-case scenario, yeah. what could happen and prepare for it. Consequently, he wasn't prepared. Mm. When it came to aged care homes mm. and recommendations that were made on how to deal with infections and the whole COVID crisis, that advice was ignored yeah. again yeah. because it was considered to be too alarmist. Mm. Now, the psychology of that makes sense in times that are safe, in normal times. Yeah. But in times such as we're living through, that kind of thinking is potentially deadly. And surely very, very dangerous to have in a government. Dangerous, absolutely yeah. dangerous because we're talking human lives here. We yes. are talking about the future of the planet. Yep. To think that um, a marketing phrase, a one-thought solution, I don't man a hose, oh, yeah. that's extremism, oh, gas is good for the country, it just goes on and on. Yeah. To think that that can substitute for genuine, adult, mature, looking a danger in the face yeah. because that is what we all need to do. The psychology of living in a dangerous age, good psychology is that we act in a mature way and that we have the ability to look the danger in the face, to see it for what it is, and then we have the means to protect ourselves from the anxiety. And put precautions in place. And take precautions and to do yeah. what we can do to make things better. Yeah. The aim of um, what I've been um, talking about lately is that we need to learn how to manage the danger and do what we can and all along protect ourselves. Yes, indeed. Th this... Th th this, um, the worst case scenario, this, as I said, this is an essential part of traditional risk management, which nowadays is not being practised at the political level, but it also has implications at a personal level, which I'll, I'll talk about a bit more. With the, um, if, if politically 
if the government was to face the worst case scenario, and that is becoming increasingly obvious mm. as the climate crisis Indeed. reaches all these tipping points, yeah. as our seasons get hotter and hotter and hotter, and all the consequences in terms of fire, pandemic, mm. um, drought, all of these are direct consequences of the changing climate, mm. then they would feel an appropriate anxiety. Yep. And anxiety is a natural emotion which is there to give us the signal that there's danger about. And we need to take action. We need to feel that anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Now, in this case, the, the government is, um, it was a bit like when Trump said, I don't want to scare people about the coronavirus. Oh, no. Okay, so what they're saying is that anxiety is a bad thing, mm. that being worried about these things is the problem itself. Well, no, they're wrong. The problem is the problem. The anxiety is the flashing light that's saying you should do something about it. And and they're exacerbating it by poo-pooing it and, and saying, no, no, you don't need to do anything right. about it. That's right. Mm. Um, look, it's a childish, um, it, it's a childish, immature mechanism. Mm. It's a, mm. it's the, as I say, it is a delusional psychology, but the psychology of a mature psychology uh, would have people thinking, I have to face up to the realities of life. Life carries risks. We are in a dangerous time. Yeah. We've clearly seen these these history-making pandemics, floods, fires, and that's all in one year. Yeah. And we're going to see more. Yeah. So how do we go about this? So the politicians are wanting to downplay it. But history, I'm afraid, is, is just going to swamp them like a tidal wave. Mm. And mm. it is going to come back to the people to do what they can in their own lives to deal with this. Yeah. It's so irresponsible. It's so irresponsible. Yeah. Psychologically, uh, is it likely that one day they're going to hear what they need to hear so that they wake up? I would say not a chance. Doesn't sound like not it a at chance. All, does it? Too deeply asleep. Yeah. Too deeply corrupted. Yeah. Um, just yeah. too deeply locked into that way of thinking. Yeah. There are psychological processes that explain that where in the face of more and more evidence that contradicts what someone believes, people can sometimes just become even more fervent in their belief. It's extraordinary. It is extraordinary. I, I, it, I just never expected to encounter anything like this in, you know, in my life. It's uh, In psychology they call it cognitive dissonance. It right. comes from a study that was done many years ago by a psychologist yeah. who embedded himself in a religious cult. Uh. And they were making predictions of the end of the world. Well, the end of the world didn't come on that day, so what do you think happened? Well, the followers of the cult became even more ardent. Oh, Lord. And this is this process yeah. that um, we see going on in politics yeah. at the moment. Uh, it's such a worry. It's such a concern. I don't know. What, what on earth do we do? You know, how can we approach this and what's the best approach first. I mean, I know we were talking with, with Dr. Simon Bradshaw about, you know, you just keep repeating the truth and you keep just keep repeating the facts and 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 hope that more and more people are going to come on board and, and take action. But, I mean, is that the best approach? Is there a magic, a magic no, wand? No, I, I wish there was. I yeah. really wish there was yeah. a magic wand. No, there isn't. What, mm. we, what we have in front of us is going to be hard work, mm. but there is genuine hope. Um, these times create... Uh, create a dynamic. They create um, circumstances that are, are fundamentally unpredictable. Mm, mm. As dire as things look, we cannot predict 
how things are going to go and there mm. are good reasons to believe in hope. Yeah. At that point when the fires were at their worst, when the smoke was affecting everyone in Australia, mm. there was such a consciousness of the climate crisis right across the nation. A lot of things became possible but then the drought broke, a bit of rain came, the fires calmed down, um, then you know the pandemic comes on and it, it's sort of this adding of layer of trauma on trauma. Mm. But look at Look at the way these very negative experiences open up possibilities. Who could have predicted that something like the airline industry, which was a massive industry polluting as it was, massively polluting the atmosphere and set to grow many times over in in years. So that people figured it was fine to just for fun go for an airline flight around the world, regardless of the cost to the planet. Mm. How quickly that disappeared. Yeah how quickly our cities um, lost their pollution, how quickly things were able to be shut down. Now, even though that message has not yet been connected to what we have to do in the world in the future, it is nonetheless a proof of principle experience. Mm. Mm. People have seen what can happen if government says this is a real problem and we have to act now. It is showing us the potential for what I would call the predictably unpredictable. Mm, mm. In all great efforts, in all great campaigns, the success that's in all successful campaigns, that success was never predictable early on in the campaign. No. Mm. In the, the Gasfield Free Movement here in the Northern Rivers, mm. many people early on in that campaign said, well, there's very little chance that yep. we could ever undo the approvals that had been given for a gas field and a mm. gas power station in Casino. Mm. Well, they never came to be. Mm. But early on, you could not have predicted all the amazing things that would lead to that outcome. So what do we do in this situation? I I agree. We have to keep putting the message out there. And if you read, um, you know, certain media, The Guardian, there are plenty of um, mature people out there, adult people, who get it who understand the danger and they keep pressing it. Yes, that's encouraging. That's very, very encouraging. But we have to, as individuals, understand that with something that is very dangerous... Now, here we're talking about things that are potentially a threat to our lives, our livelihood, to our well-being. And our children. And and our our children and the future. So with these threats, the worst thing is to become overwhelmed mm-hmm. so that you are cannot act. The right. worst thing is to have all of your energy dissipated into worry. So the first step that I'd recommend that people have to do is they have to look at the worst case scenario and as painful as that is, they have to come to terms with it. Yeah. The first step is to change what we can change, uh, do what we can do to make that change, but then we have to accept what we can't change. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a personal example. So yeah. d- during the drought, um, all our grass was brown, dying mm-hmm. off, the creek was dry. It was a real threat to our farm and to the forest that we love and to the cattle that, you know, sort of feed us. Mm-hmm. And one day I was looking out the kitchen window at the forest and I thought, if this truly is the end of all time, if I am truly going to have to sit here and watch these forests die okay. in front of me, then it's been a privilege to be alive to see it. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it, it was just a thought, mm-hmm. but it was an acceptance of what I couldn't do. And as soon as I accepted that, 
then I did feel better. The question then became, well, it's not dying today. What can I do today? How do I occupy my time today? Getting back to the basics, taking care of family, friends, community, doing what you can on your own land. And of course, in that case, the forests didn't die. The rains did come. And in times of danger like this, we need to be able to face the worst case scenario. And it's pretty scary. Mm. But once we look at it and think it through, then we're liberated to do what we can and understand that there is still hope. And maybe use that time to communicate with politicians who are on the wrong page and need encouragement to know that the electorate is thinking in a mature way and also to contact politicians who are thinking on the right page to offer our support and encouragement for them to continue to do so. Absolutely. Look, the way community attitudes change, it's, it's the shift of a paradigm. Uh, psychologists understand that it's a process where the prevailing paradigm resists change so that new information is um, ignored, it's perverted, it's, twi- it's just, it doesn't have a chance to make a change. But gradually, that new information builds up and it keeps attacking the predominant paradigm. And when it flips, it flips quickly mm. and it changes mm. all of a sudden. And what then becomes, uh, what was once considered to be a radical thought becomes common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I was just reflecting with, um, remembering with a friend the other day how back in the 1970s people smoked cigarettes everywhere and you couldn't go yes. into a theatre without there being smoke. No, that's And right. that was considered or then... a bus or a plane or, the, or everywhere. Of everywhere. Yeah. And that was yeah. considered to be normal yeah. and a per- person's right. Mm. Um, uh, the tobacco industry employed people, brought in billions of dollars of tax, it was all good, 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 good. Mm. Um, And yet, if you explain that to a person from the younger generation, they can't believe it. They (laughs) say, what? You're mad. Could you do that? (laughs) There was a time in Australia, and I was alive at that time, where you were allowed to drive on the road intoxicated with alcohol. Yes. All you had to not do was break the law. In other (laughs) words, you could be drunk so long as you didn't break the law. Um, Those attitudes now are a thing of the past and they're gone. And we need at this stage, as you say, uh, keep up pushing that information because what it does is it's it's chipping away at that paradigm and the time will come and I predict it will come very quickly when for Scott Morrison to stand up as the Prime Minister of Australia and say, oh, stop thinking about the worst-case scenario with COVID or to say from Hawaii... Um, but I don't man a hose, Mm. that Mm. people will see through that and it will be seen to be... It's a bit like John Barillaro and the koalas. Now, there's someone who gets a call from a a developer Mm -hmm. who suddenly goes on attacking these what are really quite weak koala protection laws. And as a farmer, I'd have no problem... Absolutely not. ...with dealing with any of this. Don't inconvenience farmers at all. And he thinks this is the paradigm he's operating, is Mm. that this is an assault on the bush. Well, I can guarantee him that the majority of country people say, what? Mm. Mm. And this is the shift of paradigm. Uh, It will come. And what we're doing is going to create that along the way. We need to be protecting ourselves and our fellows so that we can 
basically ride this ride this rip as best as we can. So very important to realise that your voice, one, everyone's voice, one single voice, is valuable, is important, and is powerful to make that change. It's a chip, chip, chipping away. Absolutely, mm. and you can't tell what the effect of no. uh, an intervention is. No. You, 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 that, that's an attitude in psychotherapy is that um, y- you, you don't necessarily know what's going to work, you don't know what's going to help someone, but you know that certain things are potentially helpful Yes. and you keep working at them and you keep putting them out there. And then eventually, you know, um, the, the right message will find fertile ground and things will change. And that's the power that we have, isn't it? Good can come out of bad, out of a crisis. Indeed, yeah. And <clears throat> there is a philosophical um, uh, sort of a dialectic approach to history that says that change for the better almost comes out of extremes where we have to have something swing to an extreme such that it can be corrected. Yes. And there was a bit of this and we've seen it in the past. I remember when... Um, uh, Tony Abbott was elected and I said to some friends, I said, well, you know, don't, don't despair too much. This will force Australians to really think about what's precious to them. Yes, indeed. And at the moment, certainly we have this swing one way um, with the nationalism, uh, with the stupidity, the immaturity of our politics, mm. but it can yeah. swing the other way. And in some ways, it's almost as if a system that is not working has to break down so that something can be reborn from it. To such a degree that uh, it sort of um, yep. gives opportunities. It does, and, mm. and it, in a way it sets the stage for what's to come. And I think there are many good grounds for, to be optimistic. That was Wayne Somerville speaking to Meg Nielsen on our sister program Celebrating Earth and Art last Tuesday. You can tune in to Celebrating Earth and Art every Tuesday from 10 to 12 on River FM 92.9. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental as Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.